Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It is Sunday, June 14th. Happy birthday to Super Agent Keith. Hey, it's time once again for your Gitmo Nation audio publication. This is No Agenda. Coming to you from the crappiest bandwidth in the Bay Area. <laughs> Located in Gitmo Nation West, I'm Adam Curry. And from uh, Gitmo Nation Pacific Northwest, uh, and powered by oatmeal, I might add, I'm John C. Dvorak. Hey, I'm powered by oatmeal as well. So how do you prepare your oatmeal? Um, well, <laughs> there is very little in the casa at the moment. So here's, <laughs> I prepared it with water because <laughs> that's all I had. And, that's a methodology. It's uh, not a, unusual. It's not bad. It's not bad. And I, since I had no sugar, no brown sugar, no maple syrup, I had some blueberries. So I infested it with blueberries and actually it was okay. It kind of tasted like blueberries with sawdust. Do you normally make it with milk and, and make more of a mush? Yeah, I do like to make more of a mush. And I, and I, I like a little bit of brown sugar or it kind of depends on the mood. I might try uh, maple syrup, oh, but only if it's really good maple syrup. So I had my uh, oatmeal. Uh, I also I did I had the boiling water method. I, I sometimes make it with milk too, but uh, it, it, it makes a different product when you. Oh, when totally. You, yeah, totally. But I uh, had uh, birch syrup. Mmm. So that's it's. Uh, wow, no, it's from so Alaska. It's, but it's how, how different does it taste from maple syrup? There's, they don't taste anything the same. <laughs> no, but is it? Can you t- try and describe it? Uh, well, if anyone's ever had birch beer, obviously you can taste that. Uh, Thomas Kemper makes that up here in the Pacific Northwest, and they have birch beer, which has it's a it's a little uh, generally milder unless they concentrate it than uh, maple syrup. It doesn't have the the maple syrup has a unique, I mean, a, an absolutely amazing flavor profile that is just all encompassing. It's one of the greatest sugars, yes, uh, ever. And and, and 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 of course, if it's from Vermont, then it's really the best. Well, you know, I find I I found good Canadian stuff and and uh, elsewhere, but Vermont does have a good uh, a good uh, a good a good blend. They uh, go out of their way to make good maple syrup, but whatever. Anyway, the point is, is that the birch syrup is nothing like it in terms of its flavor profile. But it's an it's a nice change of pace. It's like uh, you know, by if you have like the nopalis uh, sugar that that stuff that comes from the uh, uh, the the the. That uh, plant that makes tequila, uh, that goo. oh, that uh, that like cactus thingy is that it? Yeah, it's a kind of a cactus thingy. Uh, I can't think of the name of it for some reason. Agave. Ah, yes. So they make uh, the most of the tequila companies take they make you know sugar from the from the agave plant and that makes the tequila and they sometimes bottle the sugar straight and you can buy that now because it's supposed to have all these health benefits <laughs> and uh-huh. um, that's actually quite quite tasty too but it doesn't it, it's a, the mildest of the three um, anyway you know the um, it's your food chat <coughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> It's in we the morning. A, we need a cough button. It's yeah. Leo's it's a, got one on his rig. Yeah, I know Leo's cool. Um, <laughs> uh, I was going to say the and stuff. Uh, the loft uh, that I I hope to move into uh, on Monday is in the same building that houses the company that is the first company to legally distribute um, absinthe in the U.S. Oh, huh. <laughs> So yeah, someone, yeah, this absent that they're distributing, most of it's not very good. No, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not a drinker, as you know. So 
I don't. I I think I've tasted it once or twice, but I'm not really like woo. Can't wait. So we have a stream live for IRC users, but you can go to it directly with noagendachat.com. Yeah, I'm just trying uh, to I'm just trying to log in to irc.zeronode.net, and I try to hit the no agenda channel, and it says, if you're at a conference and other people are having trouble connecting, please mention it to staff. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Uh, well, I mean, if you go straight to the website, there's a there's a a live uh, web client that runs, and it's just it looks like it works fine. In fact, yeah. I'm going to send a message. Hello. Yeah, so you clearly didn't see my hello because I guess I'm but, not in. It does, does, doesn't matter. I can't do the web client now because uh, right, you'll kill this. It'll you, you're, kill uh, everything. Yeah. yeah. And the worst part, if I if I can just send you this link, John, because it will not open for me. Every other, you know, I have to open all of my uh, my web pages before the show on this crappy bandwidth. But the story looks so fascinating. If you could uh, hold on a second, if you could just open that because the title of this story, which I'm just dying to hear about, and of course, totally fits under the category of... And now, back to real news. Man sues over 55-hour erection, and I'm thinking, you know, this is... There's a phone ringing. Hold on. It was... Oh, okay, you're getting the phone calls. Yeah. Reminds me, huh? <laughs> hey, who the hell is calling me on the phone? Go away. Reminds me I can unhook my phone. So let's see, we got man sues over 55-hour erection... Former prison inmate Dawood Yadullah yeah. is suing a nurse in the United States, claiming that he suffered an erection that lasted 55 hours as a side effect of medication he had been given. Yadullah, 43, said he had to wait more than two days before being taken from the New York prison to hospital. To hospital? Oh, to hospital. This is straight. Yeah, it's time a British, British story. As we would say, to the hospital for treatment, reported the New York Post on Monday. According to uh, media reports, Yadula said that his daily dosage of antipsychotic medication was increased. Must have been an experience for him. Was increased by twenty five percent by nurse Judith Lovelace. Oh yeah, like, like, yeah. like Linda, Linda's uh, Linda sister. Now we're talking. And as a side effect, he had persistently and and had a persistent and painful erection. This left him irreparably injured. So, um, okay. Well, I was thinking, you know, this would be some kind of Cialis or uh, or Viagra story because they always have that tagline at the end of the commercials. If you experience an, an erection for more than four hours, contact your doctor immediately. Yeah, and as the joke goes, if I get an erection for more than four hours, I'm calling everybody. Or that's not a problem you need to call your doctor for. That's a scheduling problem. Yeah, there's a bunch of gags over that line, Yeah, which reminds me, I've got to get some more clips of these. Uh, there's a new drug <laughs> which out. Which reminds here. me, we've got to get some more funny material. Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> <laughs> we need more funny material. We're, we're short. Speaking of short, um, a, a great, uh, and of course, all of these links uh, are faithfully put into the show notes at uh, noagenda.mevio.com. Uh, I'm sure you saw the... Um, uh, all the conferences where you had Sarkozy and Obama uh, sitting together in, uh, and, uh, and discussing things together. Uh, I guess it was Normandy. We talked about it last week. But there's this picture, and it's at uh, – I wonder who – it's, uh, oh, it's from Times Online. And I'm going to Skype this to you because if you haven't seen it, it's just hilarious. Of course, we always harp on uh, – and you know, both of us being over six feet tall, we're allowed to harp on the uh, vertically challenged. You'll see uh, – 
profile picture at the podium of President Obama standing with his, uh, what is he like? Guy's like 6'3? I think so. Six two. Like I that. think he's uh, six two. And mm. then you see Sarkozy, who was, you know, four foot nine. Standing on an apple crate. <laughs> Do you see it? Yeah. I love it. It's, they, they, it's somebody shot that picture just to the point of just to ridicule him. Yeah, and rightfully so. Because you never have to. You look at they even have that podium has got like these barriers. So you on can't either see side. it. So you can't see it. <laughs> yeah. So somebody went to the way over way to, the, to side. the side. They even use they even use the N word in the article. I love that. The N word, sure. of course, being Napoleon. <laughs> and then they got a cartoon of his him standing. <laughs> What's the cartoon? Oh, oh yeah. now there's a picture at the bottom of them, but all standing flat footed, and uh, you know, with his lovely Michelle's wife. Too. She must be five eleven. No, yeah. man, she she looks almost well. She's probably I don't know if she's wearing. She wears flats. She doesn't really really wear heels. So she looks about she's six one, dude. I don't think so because mm. he's already towering over her. He's, he, oh, no, he's standing in the sick. background. But look at Sarko- look at Car- the lovely, lovely Carla Bruni. Yeah, she's like a foot taller than, uh, well, she's about five inches taller than Sarkozy. And her knees are bent. <laughs> she's hot. Like she's on her knees. <laughs> uh, you know, I, was, um, I picked up a copy of the, uh, the Wall Street Journal weekend yesterday. And uh, actually, I was looking for a story about the New York Stock Exchange. I don't know if you... Followed that, but on Friday the thing glitched at the opening, which uh, I found highly suspect. Mm. Um, you know, there was, I flipped on uh, CNBC, and they're all like, "Whoa!" You can tell that they're all excited. Something horrible is amiss. Something's going on. And uh, you know, these things with computer glitches, uh, particularly when it comes to trading systems, I've just always got to put my little question marks around it. And uh, you know, there was you didn't follow that, obviously. No. no. Well, I, I, I don't know. Whenever that Probably happens, slept through it. <laughs> whenever that happens, I'm like, hmm, okay, I'm sure. Just a, just a computer glitch. Nothing to see here. But, uh, <clears throat> oh, sorry, forgot to hit the cough button. <clears throat> uh, in the second uh, part of the the, the W one section, uh, they have a whole article about, well, actually titled "Divided We Stand." And uh, sub, you know, subhead: What would California look like broken in three? Or a Republic of New England, with the federal government reaching for ever more power, redrawing the map is enticing, says Paul Starob- Starobin. And uh, it's about something that you know I've certainly been following. We've discussed from time to time that there are you know many many states within uh, the union that uh, have movements um, of people who are thinking about breaking off from uh, from the entire union. Yeah, well, or or doing other things like the uh, Northern California from about uh, I don't know what area, so maybe north of Redding to most of Southern Oregon wants to become the state of Jefferson. They have in fact they, they, I, they have a name for it. What they have a name for it? The state of yeah, Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah, and in fact, when you drive up there, uh, when you drive through that area. You'll see signage all over the place. And really? Welcome to the state of Jefferson, and Je- welcome. And it's a big picture of Jefferson, the profile of Thomas Jefferson. Really? And yeah, Jefferson. And they they said, but they tend to be uh, they tend to be slightly uh, right wing. <laughs> you, you think? Um, Just econom- a guess. Economic logic suggests a natural multilingual combination between Greater San Diego and Mexico's northern Baja. 
and to the Pacific North between Seattle and Vancouver in a mega region already dubbed Cascadia. Oh, Cascadia. That's, That's a, a good, good one. one. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, um, I don't know. It, it feels like something really is happening. And when it's in the Wall Street Journal, you go, oh, okay, I'll pay attention to this for a second. Well, there's been a, you know, that area, I have to agree. Uh, I mean, there is a similarity between this northern part of California and southern uh, Oregon. And then there is probably uh, more of a connection between Portland and, and that southern part of, uh, of Washington State. In fact, maybe the whole coast. But when you get to Seattle, Bellingham, Redmond, uh, Bellevue, um, that Puget Sound area from Seattle up to Vancouver, uh, that's there is a, a similarity in a lot of different ways. Although Vancouver uh, and Seattle being so close to each other would present some sort of a metropolitan issue, I think. But whatever. Now, do you think that um, that this is actually? You know, a lot of these people in BC have always considered themselves, you know, more part of the United States than they do Canada. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this actually could? Uh could happen. No. I mean, I'm, yeah, no. how about how about Texas? Texas has always kind of been yeah, big talkers. Texas. Oh, oh, I realize that Texas <laughs> is a talk. bunch of blowhards. <laughs> it's John at Dvorak dot org. Send your your ammo to him. <laughs> I don't know, man. I you know, I, I there's a lot of people who are uh, getting pretty pissed off, and it's it's a movement that's bubbling under. But in fact, last night I was. Cruising through, I actually spent some time trying to watch some television, and I have uh, Comcast basic cable at this place, so no premium channels, so you, it's basically every single channel is a commercial, it's unreal, you, you never hit programming for some reason, and um, on one of the, I guess the high number is 78, which is, uh, wow, that's got to be some local access, they had uh, architects, uh, uh, architectural engineers for 9-11 Truth. And they had like a whole hour program. It was amazing to see that that was uh, that was on, and and, and that's uh, that, that there is some stuff creeping through, John. And there's a lot of dissent and a lot of dissatisfaction. So we have uh, my son came up with a good uh, phrase that we can use to to generate income and sell T-shirts, maybe or or hey, help underwear. save America. Listen to no agenda. Hmm. I don't know. It's a bumper sticker. Yeah, but first of all, why only America? We have tons of uh, producers and listeners from around the around the globe. Uh, yeah, but America needs to be saved. Yeah, the whole world needs to be saved. Well, help save the world. Then, it's, then we sound like an environmental movement. Yeah, but it's like, can't we just do like nuke the gay whales? Listen to no agenda, and that would entice me more to listen. So, do you have the real news thing? Yeah. Hold on a second. Uh, why, yes, I do, John. And now, back to real news. So, did you know that Simon Cowell was one of the original producers of Teletubbies? No, I did not know that. Do, do, are we sure everyone knows who the Teletubbies are? I guess so, right? Yeah, no, they had the Teletubbies on in the United States and it became a big controversy when one of the religious oh, yeah, guys because they, they wanted, said they were gay. It wasn't a governor or senator who said uh, Tinky, Tinky Winky was gay? It's one of them was gay. And by and the way, like Tinky purple. Winky is gay. Big deal. <laughs> Tinky Winky. <laughs> I've, I did him. <laughs> so this came up in a conversation yesterday that I was having. Turns out that uh, 
there's this, there was a follow-up to the t- Teletubby show, which you can look at on uh, YouTube, called Booba. Have you ever seen or heard of this? <laughs> no, and I can't look at it now for obvious bandwidth reasons. Booba, can you spell it? B-O-O-H dash B-A-H. Okay, Booba. Booba. Booba, and, it's, and it's, it's Teletubbies looking guys, only they look, they have like, not to be crude or rude, you can cover your ears if you don't want to, anybody doesn't want to hear this. It looks like they have dickheads that actually come out, popped out of their bodies like a dick. <laughs> kind of disgusting. Uh, it okay. didn't go over very well. Clearly not circumcised. Or something. But um, anyway. Yeah. That's so, my news. Well, yeah, how, I want everyone to go check it out. What? How, how does Simon Cowell turn in, to relate to that? I just thought I'd throw his name in so we'd have some real news. <laughs> we don't know whether Simon Cowell had anything to do with Booba, but we know that the that some of the other uh, uh, Teletubbies people do. That's all okay. we know. Oh, okay. I got you. Um, we never really, and that's, I think, because of our um, our no agenda schedule on Thursdays and Sundays, we, we never really got into the uh, European Parliament elections uh, or touched on it briefly that, of course, Labour... Did very, very poorly. Gordon Brown's party, if we look at Gitmo, Gitmo Nation East. And boy, I can't wait to uh, get all of my Gitmo Nation East publications in so I can uh, try to continue the uh, the Gitmo Nation East flavor on the show. Um, but interestingly, the UKIP, the independent party, did quite well. And this uh, is, of course, uh, what's his name? Neil Farage, is that his name? The guy who's all... I have no idea. Yeah, that's the guy who's always standing up and doing great speeches in European Parliament and getting, giving everybody shit. I'm, uh, I'm pretty happy about that. And now it seems, according to The Telegraph, that a new Commons, that's, uh, I guess, their Hill, vote could prove explosive and would be seized on by the Tories and the UKIP, who made big gains in the recent European elections, um, to actually really have to make a vote on the Lisbon Treaty in the United Kingdom. Which, uh, hmm. as you know, if you listen to this show, they uh, they just kind of rammed through Parliament. There was some uh, some cool guy who, who did sue the, the, uh, the, the Labour government uh, trying to stop the ratification of it. Um, but it, uh, it's a good article, uh, and of course that'll be in the show notes. Um, and I guess that they're using some legal recourse now uh, to actually put that to a vote. Which, wow, that could really disrupt uh, a lot of the a lot of the plans that these guys have. Yeah, you think? <laughs> That's okay. They'll find some other way to bypass it. Mm, well, we'll see. You know, Ireland still has. Uh, you know, they're still trying to force the uh, the second vote. Uh, for the Irish, and this thing, this thing is so messed up. We become, we just become so desensitized and just kind of accept, accept all of this bullshit that they pull on us. Unreal. So, uh, I see Jeff Smith has been tw- twittered me that there was some guy who uh, get back to that. What was this? The, the CNN fail. No, the CNN feel, I can't, you know, the CNN feel's got something to do with the fact that their coverage of the Iranian elections was crap. And it's, you know, I, it's I just, don't get the big deal. It seemed, I, I, I did see this past, you know, the, the news channels, uh, like, oh, well, you know, it's clearly, it's been a big sham and uh, Ahmadinejad wins by, you know, a, a 50% margin. Like, who cares? Who cares? 
Ah, you're finally getting back into becoming the American. <laughs> yes, a fine we American who doesn't give a sh- crap. Neither one of us will be able to do the show uh, solo. <laughs> kind of we we got to practice from one of us gets two to the head and the gun in the left hand, John. You know, yeah, yeah. we just yak away about it. Yeah, and then such and such. So, so, let, so, so let's, anyway, Jeff Smith says, have you seen the time travel guy story? Man travels in time from 2036 to visit his mother. <laughs> no. Have you seen the story? Well, it actually turns out to be, I clicked on it, and it turns out to be a uh, events being a uh, kind of a, a link or, or something that happened on Coast to coast with George Norrie, you know that crazy radio. That's just something you should be listening to. You should listen to this no, show. I, I, you never I, listen. To no, coast I, to coast. I, I do listen to it from time to time, but um, rarely ever live. You know, I'd sometimes cause it, you have to pay for it to get access to the podcast or whatever. So you know, sometimes people upload uh, some story to the drop, which I find pretty a pretty good editorial process. So I don't. Have to, it's only like four hours long, isn't it? It was just a daily, you know, talk show. It's one of the oldest, oldest ones in, ever. Yeah, and they, it runs they got a lot at of good stuff on there. Three or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they got a lot of good uh, alien UFO stories, and uh, yeah, you know, I like it. It's a good show. But anyway, so the guy time travels to visit his mom, and yeah, I got a link to it, but it's like this. It sends me to this John Titor Times. Under, which is under johntitor.com, mm. which is one of these sites that apparently scrolls down to China. <laughs> and as all as it's missing is the cat running back and forth and back and forth across the screen. I know so it's exactly like I, what you I can't, mean. I couldn't find it on here if I wanted to, so never mind. Hey, just going back to um, to either one of us could do this show solo, can we just make a uh, um, a pact that should either one of us be killed by the government – that you know the other one just goes on the show, and then you know says, well, you know, it's, so in my case, it would be well. I'm very sorry to report that uh, you know John has been uh, suicided by the government, and then just go. And now back to real. And then just do su- some story about a guy who got his penis caught in the door, and just continue the show. Yeah, well, okay. that's pretty much what we're doing now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just want to make sure we agree on that. So I went to the uh, commencement. Uh, at Evergreen State College. Oh, this is for your son. Yeah. Which one? John. Uh, JJ, so, as I no, call him. JJ. I call him J. I call him JJ. Yeah. Right. <laughs> as a retort to that. But anyway, so the, this is actually one of the greatest uh, entertainment values that you can have in in your lifetime. And I would recommend next year, people, if they find out when Evergreen's doing their commencement, you have to go to it. Because, and I'll have some photos posted. And I think you should uh, briefly I, explain what commencement is for the... Commencement's our, where you get your degree, your bachelor's of whatever it is, or your <laughs> PhD, or whatever. Whatever in front he of got. A bunch of whatever, whatever thing he did, you went. <laughs> he got a degree, but is it done? You know, it's just a it's commencement. It's a very common occurrence. Yeah, in America, in America, it's very common. It's a ceremony that is completely uncommon outside the borders. So they don't give uh, diplomas to people that go to Cambridge. Not like, but the commence the commencement outside of Gitmo Nation West is different. You know, it, yeah. Well, tell me, I, I'd be interested. I've never been to one. Obviously. I don't think there's caps and gowns. Yeah, maybe Cambridge, but you know, not in uh, Germany. You know, not in the Netherlands. It's in fact, it's really quite boring. You know, you sit in like an aula. That that is is that a correct English word? An aula? No. A u l a. No. Oh, never uh, heard of it. So you know, like a a gathering room. 
You know, it's not like the cool thing out on the grass with the sun shining and everyone's there and they're all dressed up and we throw our caps and our our caps in the air. It's none of that. I mean, that's so a, that's a fine American that's, tradition. That's, I think the Navy Academy does that. Yeah, but you put with the tassel on the other side, and you know, you've got your valedictorian speeches. No, I, I don't think it's like that outside of the United States. We're very, very culturally embedded in tradition here. So anyway, all right. I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm finding it hard to believe, and I'll tell you why. This is not something that we dream up. It sounds like it came from England or France or someplace else because there's too much there's too much costumes. <laughs> I don't know, man. We're pretty good when it comes to costumes and uniforms in this country. Much so better. anyway, but the, the the joke of it is is that at Evergreen, because it's kind of a free spirit school, uh, everyone dress has a green cap and gown, oh, but about I about ten percent of the people dress up in their own outfits. Okay. So there's a guy in a penguin costume. <laughs> there's uh, women that are dolled up like they just you know one one of they, they dubbed one of them Carmen San Diego. Oh, she no. was wearing a white sundress and a big red hat. Oh, fantastic! And there's some girl in all just a just the brightest red tight fitting dress imaginable. And what was and, uh, your son wearing? He was wearing a regular cap and gown. He took it. He, they had a, him and his pal. They had a million ideas. They were going to do this. They were going to just stand up and go Sieg Heil to one of the speakers. <laughs> no way. <laughs> they didn't have. They never got it. They couldn't manage oh, it up. Pussies, it pussies. Oh, that would have been awesome. They did have because this one guy, this one character, is one of the speakers who went. His whole speech was about Obama and how we. It wasn't about we have to do something for our country. We have to do this. No, we have to do it for Obama. So we have to help Obama. So Obama is the greatest thing that's ever happened, and we must help. Help Obama. him. He needs help. So so go forth, go forth, and help Obama. And help Obama. Did you videotape any of this? That is so YouTube worthy. Oh, I wish I had that oh, the Obama one. I think it's. I think they did tape it, so I think it's oh. it's, it's gettable. Oh, that's. Funny. And then there was some. There was the. Ma- Here's what the interesting thing: the guy who heads the school, or one of the chancellors, and I was just kind of stunned by this. He he announces the guy who was the the keynote commencement speaker, or whatever you want to call him, uh, who was this guy named White W H Y T E, who bills himself as a corporate poet. Hmm. And of course, he had no poetry to read except, you know, <laughs> none actually. Right. And he uh, he was introduced as having a degree from some weird school I never heard of, zoology, which of course is a mispronunciation of the word zoology. Zoology, yeah. And there's not that many O's in the word to be pronounced zoology, and zoology would be the study of zoos. <laughs> so, uh, which I think you and I have a degree in. We do. We probably we, we are the zoologists. <laughs> we are the zoologists. So uh, this is done by them. I'm, I'm mumbling to myself as I'm walking because I take I took a, just probably 500 photos with like zoology. I mean, so then the guy comes out, this white character, and he says, "Yes, I have a degree in marine zoology." No, no. And I'm thinking, and you stood up, just, going, "Zeke Heil, <laughs> what are you talking about?" <laughs> it's like nobody. That actually has the degree would, would ever, ever say, say that. that. Yeah, of course. Well, it's very interesting because I was watch. I watched the John Stewart show. Gosh, for someone who doesn't watch television, I watched a lot this week. I watched the John Stewart show maybe 
Thursday, I'm going to say, and it was quite disappointing. It was really not a good show. I, I can't put my finger on it why. But more interestingly, right after the John Stewart show, of course, Stephen Colbert comes on. And I didn't know this, but apparently he is with the troops in Iraq. Yeah, uh, he was doing reports from there. And uh, he had his head shaved and every. I, I thought at first it was like some kind of chroma key joke. I'm like, what is going on with his hair? I'm like, oh, shit, he actually sa- shaved it. But he had the deputy prime minister of Iraq on the show. And, of course, the audience is all uh, fine uh, young servicemen and women. And guess what this guy studied? He studied probability and, he said it, zoology. And I'm going to sit there going like, no way, dude. You cannot sit there and say you're a zoologist. <laughs> Uh, so of course he's not or he's full of it otherwise he would have said zoologist well maybe yeah and then of course the the punchline that colbert had was uh you know well how how can you be a it was like it was like a marine zoologist in fact and uh and the guy well how many uh how much how much practicability does that have in uh, in iraq in the desert and the guy said, well, of course, that's why I studied probability, because I knew I'd really score well, because the probability of uh, of applying uh, my knowledge in Iraq is zero. But I just found that interesting that uh, he pulled out the zoology instead of zoology. <laughs> zoology. <laughs> so uh, I know, when it, you know usually at the University of California, you would get berated publicly for saying zoology until you got it through your head that it's pronounced zoology. So I'm looking at a photo here, by the way, just to change the t- topic back to uh, commencement ceremonies at the University of Heidelberg, as a matter of fact, commencement ceremony. And curiously, they're all wearing caps and gowns and big red sashes. Maybe I should not have dropped out of uh, my fresh year then i would have known better yeah here's more photos from from europe but they call it graduation uh, there i guess that's the big difference not commencement and i don't think the the speeches are as entertaining i certainly have not heard of anyone doing a commencement speech in germany and going seek heil but i would uh <laughs> i'm sure they used to <laughs> it's been a while john it's been a while uh they seem to have the same cap and gown in these German universities I'm looking at, but they all have the thing that's different. It's, instead of having, like, for example, these had all this green stuff at, at Evergreen, they, which they're called greenies, uh, is they, they have different colored sashes, and these sashes are quite colorful. Uh, there's, I'm looking at some blue ones here. Mm. I might mention something else since I'm, just to be right off that topic completely. There's a, there were a couple of furries. Are you familiar with these people? Uh, in Second Life, I'm familiar with the term furries. They're, uh, they're people who uh, have uh, cat-like fur and uh, pretty much only like to have virtual sex with other furries. Yes, well, there's real furries in the real world, and a couple of them were dressed up as such at the commencement. One was dressed up as a panda bear, mm-hmm. and he received his degree, and his girlfriend was dressed up as a bunny, mm. and she uh-huh. – and I have – some great. I have actually a portrait of the two of them because they, as they came out, I had moved myself into a position to get some good shots, and they 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 posed. So you know, even though I've been trying to capture them the whole time, a lot of uh, people dressed in drag. And is this a? Uh, well, just staying with furries for a moment. Is this an actual lifestyle that people yes, uh, choose to this follow? Yes, I'm getting to. Yes, it's a lifestyle, and the key to it is it's a sexual cult. Want to call it a cult, and the idea is is that you find your inner. I had to. I didn't know about this either, but I got the lectures. You find your inner animal, mm-hmm. uh, what it might be. And if you're a bunny, for example, that means you like to screw a lot. And uh, <laughs> either that, or you like to get eaten. 
<laughs> Sorry, no rim, I mean, no rim shot. Yeah, thanks. So we need the rim shots. So uh, you know, you find your inner uh, animal, and then you wear, then you dress like them. You become that animal, and you only have sex as a furry. So these people apparently have sex all dressed up in these costumes. Really? The, oh, that, that seems that, that like that seems. Uh, so these costumes have trap doors and stuff. I have no idea. Not, I didn't go that far to into it. There's obviously there's some way of doing it. Mm. Whatever the case is, that's. Uh, but are there clubs where you where I furries guess, go and uh, and hook you, up? There are. There are. They have. I don't. I don't know if they have nightclubs or places. Yeah, I'm sure there's something like that because apparently, I was told that one of the schools they had. There's a there's a term that you can use. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it had to do with one of these schools. They <laughs> deranged. They Without the word be. It was a it was it had to do with the, of isolating the furries within a, an institution and then and then apparently some school put them all in some one group to say yeah you guys can have your own club and your own room and they found out who all the furries really were wow. then they just kicked them out of the school. <laughs> <laughs> Come to the club, kids. Hmm. It was almost like one of those scams where they find the criminals and they can't get them to show up for anything. So yeah. They, they give them yeah. Like like, like, lottery date, like Dateline NBC. One of those scams. Uh, yeah. Here's you. You you just won the lottery. Just meet us here on you know and you you can collect your money. Yeah, wear wear a white rose. So um, anyway, the furries. So I didn't know anything about the furries until I because I, I just thought these guys were just dressing up. As a I, I didn't know they existed for real. I thought it was just a second life kind of you know sexual fantasy thing. That's for sure. But I didn't know that they actually existed in real life. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah. You know, when I when I first saw the uh, the loft, which has uh, gosh, these ceilings must be could it be like eighteen feet, maybe even more, like the the, the ceiling height. Does yeah. that sound about right? And it has you know eighteen has, feet's pretty common. Yeah, and it has uh, you know exposed pipes and stuff. What is the first thing when you're standing as a guy? The first thing you think, and uh, guys, I want you to listen, and maybe some gals out there too, for the four that are listening to this show. When you have this, you know. And a loft, by the way, by itself, by definition, has something sexual to it. I'm not quite sure what it is, but it's, it's, it's a sexy type of thing. And I've never lived in a loft, and I've never even thought I would enjoy the idea, and I'm kind of getting into it. And when you have an 18-foot ceiling, and you see these, these pipes that are exposed, what is the first thing as a guy you think of? When I look at a tall ceiling and the pipes exposed, yeah, I mean, because you're thinking, hmm, what could I'm I hang? Shit, who's going to dust that? <laughs> no, that's you. Now go into guy mode. What would you think of hanging from those from those pipes? Uh, uh, hookers. No, a sex swing. A sex. Swing. <laughs> I've always wondered who has one of those sex swings, and I'm like, well, yeah. you can put one in your loft, and we yeah, can show it. Exactly. Now, we'll now I know. Now I know. That's exactly. It's for loft people. It's probably going to break the pipe. No, I'm. I'm going to get one just to see what it looks like. What a sex swing. Yeah. I've always well, wondered. You probably, probably get them on the net. Yeah. No. Of course you can get them on the net. They used to be in the back of the magazines. No, of course you can. No, I'm sorry. No. Yeah, I have the bandwidth to go look up sex swings. <laughs> High quality sex swings. You can get a sex swing at. <laughs> At healthyandactive.com for $69. Well, of course, 69 dollars. That makes so much sense. Oh, that's right, 69 bucks. I get it. Mm-hmm. Bada-bing. Here's uh, a bungee sex swing. 
<laughs> send funny. me the links, dude. Send me the like, links. Oh, you, 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 you go flying out the window. <laughs> well, the, so that's, so that's, an up, the that's an up and down uh, sex swing instead of a back and forth sex swing. That's interesting. Hmm. Well. This is, I think that when there's a guy here, this is sex swings highlighted on the website Ken's Twisted Mind. Mm. I think we can have <laughs> Dot com. <laughs> Dot com. <laughs> Let's uh, I'm sorry I started this. I got to get you out of it quick. John, surely you are familiar with Zyprexa. Uh, no, I'm not familiar with Zyprexa. You're not? Oh, I've heard about that for a long time. It's, uh, it's an anti-dementia drug. An, an anti-dimension drug? Dementia. I think an anti-dimension drug. Dementia, I should say. Dementia. Yeah, okay. Thank you. How do you spell it? Zyprexa well, or I've dementia? It's advertised on television. This yes. is the one that has so many side effects that if, as soon as you take the pill, you might as well shoot yourself. Well, you might as well because Eli Lilly and co. urged doctors to prescribe Zyprexa for elderly patients with dementia, uh, even though the drug maker at the time had evidence the medicine did not work for such patients. I just <laughs> love it when these guys do this crap. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't but just work. Take it anyway. It. Yeah, take it anyway. Take it anyway. Yeah, what the hell? The official Zyprexa site, bipolar disorder and schizophrenia can be treated with Zyprexa. The word bipolar, who made that shit up? That's not an actual medical condition, is it? That's just like a marketing term. Please tell me. No, it's a, it's, 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 it is. It's, it's manic depressive. It used well, to be called manic depressive. They changed the term to bipolar about 15 years ago. My point, that's a case in point. Bipolar but, is but a marketing a real, term. I mean, if you've ever oh. known any bipolar people, you know that it's a real, it's a real illness. Manic depression, is that a chemical? I mean, I, and I understand manic depression. Uh, is that a, and what is the difference between depression and manic depression? That means you're a maniac? No, it means you go, but you flip back and forth. You're depressed, oh, and then you go crazy, you're high energy, and you really you know, knock yourself out, and you're happier as a clam. Then right. you go back to depression. It's like a huge mood swings that are, you know, everybody has mood swings. Sure. But these are so massive that they go way off on one side and then way down on the other, just near suicidal, and it can happen like every day. And, and does it really have to be near suicidal for it to be actual bipolarism? I don't know. Hmm. I like bipolar. Bipolar is a much better description of uh, of what it is, but it's yeah. still a marketing term. I don't care what you say. Well, you you got you you run into these people, and it's like, wow, they flip. It just doesn't make any sense. Is it is it a chemical imbalance? If it's a disease, then it, there's some explanation. No, it's for a, it. I think it's a chemical imbalance. Hmm. That's why I think that drugs usually help people, and a lot of people just take lithium. That seems to stop a lot of it. Is that and the same type of stuff that's in batteries? It's the same element of the periodic table, if that's what you're wondering. But I wouldn't think sucking on a battery is going to do you much good. <laughs> oh, damn. But no, there's a lot of areas of the of the country, there's a lot of natural lithium. It's like fluoridation. The natural lithium in the water, they found that there's a low rate of mental illness in some of these places. And so then they started working with lithium. It turns out that lithium stabilizes a lot of people that would otherwise be crazy. Well, anyway, regulators required Eli Lilly and other antipsychotic drug makers in 2005 to warn that the products posed an increased risk to elderly patients with dementia. <laughs> Great reason to, to prescribe it. 
Uh, and this document, which you can find, of course, link in the show notes, uh, shows the health dangers in marketing a drug for an unapproved use, which is called the off-label promotion. By definition, off-label means, pay attention, people, there is no clear evidence that the benefits of a drug outweigh the risks. And off-label promotion, I guess, is illegal. Uh, yeah, that's where they go out and they, the sales guys pull that crap. Right. So, um, in fact, I'm looking at the Zyprexa site here, which is uh, the obviously owned by the drug company, Eli Lilly. Um, yeah. And what what a fine what a fine name! Doesn't it sound kind of like happy and and purple? Eli Lilly. We make lilac. anyway. There's a big box text here. It says elderly people with psychosis related to dementia, a brain disorder that lessens the ability to remember, think, and reason, are at increased risk of death. <laughs> when taking certain med- mental illness or mental health medicines, such as Zyprexa, Whoa. compared with a sugar pill. Uh. Zyprexa is not approved for these patients. That's in box text. Zyprexa does $4.7 billion uh, in sales. It was their best drug. Antipsychotics as a group in the United States, $14.6 billion industry. We got a lot of fucked up people. Yeah, well, they're probably more fucked up from the drugs. <sighs> Please. I've seen it happen, man. That's Ritalin, that shit they give to kids, which parents just like pop pop the, in their kids' mouths like it's like they're M&Ms. Man, that stuff is so destructive. It's so bad. Give your kids some chamomile tea and tie them down to the chair with a belt. <laughs> uh, we've been they following... watch uh, Booba. <laughs> From their sex swing. Uh, We've been following Baxter International, uh, which, of course, is a specialty drug maker uh, indirectly owned by uh, the U.S. government. Uh, We've discussed that on this show before. Uh, They're a part of a a larger company which exclusively has uh, governmental contracts. This is the company that uh, accidentally bypassed biohazard level 3 security and somehow was able to mix up regular old seasonal flu vaccine with the uh, bird flu and distributed it to their 18 European countries. And apparently it never got into uh, into the doctor's office, but who the hell knows? Um, they are, of course, uh, at this moment in time, in full production of the swine flu vaccine. They say, hey, we're in full, full-scale full production of a swine flu, which, by the way, in Europe is called the Mexican flu. I want to make that very clear. They do not call it. If you say swine flu in, in Europe, people go, huh? What are you talking about? Mexican flu. Oh, oh, I understand what you're talking about. And it will be commercially available in July Uh, The company made its announcement Friday, one day after the World Health Organization declared swine flu a global pandemic. Oops, missed that one. They raised it to level 35, whatever it is now. Baxter said its uh, patented technology cuts in half the usual time it takes to develop a vaccine to about 13 Uh, weeks instead of 26. Yes, because they obviously do a a sloppy job. Uh, One thing worth pointing out uh, that... uh, Specialty drug maker Baxter International, it's headquartered in Illinois. Yeah, I think we you did that before. I just have to keep pointing it out. The okay. center of the global mafia that runs our country. Yeah. UFOs exist. I believe in them. So, uh, 
so I'm watching it was C-SPAN or CNN or Charlie Rose or or I don't know who. It was just one of these shows where you're talking to people. And <laughs> All right. So they had this woman on, the head of the World Health Organization, Margaret, Margaret Chan. It's, did she she's, have her uniform on? She's from China, and she seems like a dimwit. Uh, did she have a uniform on? No, she no, she didn't. She was just wearing, you know, a man's okay. blazer. Okay. So uh, and Hema underwear. So she uh, just seemed, you know, I don't know if anybody watched the older versions of uh, uh, Mad TV, but she reminded me a little bit of Miss Swan. I, and, I don't recall. If anyone out there who know, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But she just seems like a dummy. I mean, I just thought, why is this woman running things? And she's going on with all these excuses. And you know, maybe it's, maybe she's a genius, but she doesn't speak very good English. But she sounds like she does, sounds like actually she speaks good English and is just not bright. But <laughs> I was not impressed. Okay, and was there any any new information, or was this? Oh, she's just going on and on about how people don't understand what a pandemic is. Oh, oh yeah, this is this is their whole kind of backpedaling this is the thing. The new meme, the new meme is the yeah. no pandemics is in every country in the world that thus thus it's a pandemic, so let's all panic and run around in a circle with our arms waving in the air, screaming. Right. Well, the, well, the meme is oh, you know, you're not you probably won't die from the pandemic, but because it um, because the the virus propagates so quickly or is unpredictable. They have some really weird set of metrics that determines what a pandemic is. And ergo, for the first time in 45 years, they have actually raised the threat level to, what is it, six or seven? And, six. Yeah, and we, and we have a pandemic. It's like, you know... Well, she did hint at one thing in this interview that I, I tried to get a clip of it. I don't know why I didn't, but maybe, I, I don't know. But it was <laughs> You were a, at the commencement uh, doing Seek Hiles. Sieg Heil, we must help Obama. Um, she she made mention that there was a fear, and she just said this subtly, but it was like she's worried. The worry, worry is the following. Yeah, okay, this that thing is not a big deal. Nobody's really dropping like flies. We don't really know what happened in Mexico. They killed those you know, 15 in the one place. It could have been something else. She says the problem is, and I think there may be some, some – but it was, of course, whoever was interviewing her didn't do any follow-up. No. Uh, she says um, – Because it's a talk show. She says they're – right, why should they be talking? <laughs> so she says that we don't want to have – the problem is H1N5 or H5N1, the, the bird flu – and this thing, H1N1, are both floating around at the same time. And what we don't want is these two to bump Merge. into each other yeah. and create you know, something that we really have a problem with. Well, uh, just you don't have to worry about that because Baxter does it for you. <laughs> I mean, that's, isn't that what they're hired to do? Right. Right. You don't have to worry about it. Baxter's doing Baxter, it already. Baxter's on the case. Why worry? It's already taken <laughs> care of. Well... You know, and um, can you people, imagine if you what kind of meetings would you have if you're a corporate guy? You're in the board and say, "Look, our vaccine sales are are up this year, but what can we do? We got to keep we on our double. Growth we back. need to double that. We, how we do we? <laughs> how do exactly do we no, sell no, more? Here, no, no. Here, here's how do we move the needle on our stock, people? That that's uh, that's how it goes. Come on, people. I'm the CEO of Baxter International. How do we move the needle on our stock? Come on. Everyone's got options. We got to get this thing moving. They're about, you know, our options are about to vest. So what can we do here? Hmm. Hmm. I don't think they actually have those meetings, but uh, it's in the DNA of the company for sure.
Yeah, no, there's a lot of that uh, DNA-related decision-making, which I agree. I mean, sometimes they might have a meeting like that, but it seems unlikely because then you, someone would write a memo down and you'd be in jail. Yeah. But generally speaking, it's like when people say, well, you know, you uh, you work for a news organization that's owned by NBC, which is owned by General Electric. How come you don't do any stories about the, uh, uh, the turbine right. failure of a jet engine that's made by General Electric and you run it on the news? Right. Well, uh, we haven't really found such a thing uh, it, has anyone ever told you not to do a negative story on General Electric? No, no, absolutely not. No one has ever, ever, ever said to do not to do a negative story on General Electric, which I believe would be the truth. Yeah. But no, but nobody, nobody working does. in their right mind would do it. No, and and that brings me to an email from Chris Clark, um, just following up on last uh, on the last No Agenda, where we we're talking about Taylor Swift and what were the connections for Taylor Swift, the fine country and Western artist who noodles around. And is ergo a musical genius. So here's the connection. I'll just read his email. Uh, he's from Orlando. And of course, we could have figured this one out. Taylor Swift's, quote, music. I like that. Nice little editorial there, Chris. Is being distributed by Universal Music Group, which is owned by Vivendi. Vivendi sold some or all of Universal Studios to NBC a few years ago. And of course, NBC aired the interview of the genius Taylor Swift. Bingo. Yeah. That's yeah, how it works. Records. That's how it works. Yeah, it's one big scam. Yeah, but but they don't even know they're doing it, which is just the crazy thing. You know, I, I when I was at MTV, man, and Viacom, it was so obvious how this stuff worked, you know, and, and people just be like, you know, yeah, this artist is really cool. Oh, yeah, awesome. And, and you know, and oh, and, and they'll be talking to their buddies over at the other channels. It's, it flows. It's a, it, you're, you become part of an organism, a compartmentalized organism, and it just happens. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's not even necessarily big evil. You know, well, I wonder how many people really notice this because I know my kids do. Well, uh, for example, well, your kids seek Heil at commencement. I mean, clearly they're not the norm. The point is, is that my when we're watching CBS, it's it's kind of funny if you're sitting around with everybody, if everybody's watching uh, sixty minutes, which is rare because most people don't like the show except me. And uh, it, there'll be there'll be a news story, hard news story, hard news story. Then there'll be some fluff piece about some singer or an actor, or and the kids will always go, "I bet you that's a Viacom movie yeah. coming. <laughs> Ten bucks, it's Viacom. Go look it up on the net." Of course, no. it's like it, but it's like why is sixty minutes? You know, one thing, it's just baffling yeah, me. Yeah, six, sixty to minutes, which, which does you know huge world events, uh, talks to world leaders, and then all of a sudden they come up with a, with a big fluff piece. Yeah, well, and they make those pieces months in advance. Sometimes, John, it's just on the shelf. Don't forget, in the traditional broadcast medium, you have to make. Uh, let me think. Uh, sixty minutes. You know, so uh, without commercials, of course, 46. But you have to make 46 minutes of programming every single week, and you need some pad, as they call it. I think it. it's down to 40, isn't it? <laughs> you need no, some, seriously. Yeah, you could be right. You could be right the way I'm seeing the television these days. Um, yeah, no, I think it's 40 minutes an hour now. So you need padding. You know, and and that pad comes in the form of a two-minute piece, a four-minute piece, or a six-minute piece that can be chopped down to a three-minute piece. You know, and then of course the credits are really the final uh, measure 
I love the way you pronounce that. Uh, and uh, depending on how much time is left, they will speed up the credits or slow them down to hit their 60 minutes exactly, including all the commercials. That's how it works because you got to hit the commercial pod right on the dot. People don't realize this. You know, you know when sometimes you see a show and the credits go by, like it's so fast that on your on your um, on your LCD screen, it's actually completely unreadable. They do that because they're trying to cram in all the credits into the exact amount of time they have left. Yeah, no, they, the credit roll is used as a kind of a buffer. A bumper, yeah, buffer, bumper, or a buffer. You buffer yeah. that you got. You then when you see a slow credit roll, which is the one that always cracks me up, and they start showing credits for people they never show. They have <laughs> yeah. all these extra names they put. And I like to thank my mother. <laughs> and, and and you go, oh my God, somebody screwed up because yeah. when you have we a had, slow credit roll, then you know that so, that the show ended too soon. Somebody had a mistiming or something. Something yeah. who knows. Yeah. And the Simpsons do it kind of on both ends of the show. They, at the beginning of their show, they have variations of their of their opening uh, cartoon where it's, where Homer's driving home from work after leaving the uh, the, the the nuke plant. Mm. And it, sometimes they'll compress that and they'll leave sections of it out and they use that to buffer the show too because the, the oh, length really? of, I didn't Yeah. Know they have a real short version that's almost like he just pretty much gets out of work and at home. I will say it is so impressive when you see how um the big uh, broadcast per- personalities. I, when the MSNBC launched, and uh, they were over in uh, New Jersey, uh, this was with my previous company. Uh, well, actually, it was before Think. It was OnRamp, and Microsoft, who of course were you know one of the uh, the, the partners with uh, NBC. Um, they they needed a chat uh, to. Um, to go along with some of their programming, and I can't remember exactly how, but actually it was Denise, what was her name, who was a oh, Microsoft woman, yeah, I'm sure you know her, Caruso, I want to say, does that make sense, Denise Caruso? Uh, she was a journalist, No, okay, Denise not, not Denise, um, it was Denise something or other, and she was in charge of, at the time it was Microsoft Comic Chat, do you remember that? We have yeah, these little avatars. Big, yeah, right. That's another thing that failed. Yeah, of course. Stick, they never stick to these things is well, the problem. It yeah. couldn't scale. This was the problem. So they couldn't scale it, and the uh, the team within Microsoft was really worried, And they but they wanted some form of chat. And we had a bunch of these uh, hacker boys like uh, with names like Rat Boy and uh, oh, I forget, uh, Alan Louie was one. Not that that's a cool name, but I just remember these guys, and they had basically – hacked together a very, very, very basic, very frickin' simple CGI script into an IRC, you know, proven technology, right? Go figure. And so we had this really robust chat based on IRC, which I, to this day, obviously still can't figure out. And uh, so they hired us to implement this. And uh, because of that, we were uh, we were invited to the opening. And you'll recall, perhaps, that uh, the big interview they had on opening day was Tom Brokaw, uh, Tom Brokaw, Tom Brokaw interviewing President Bill Clinton. And uh, I sat in the control room, and I was blown away by the professionalism of this guy. So he's got his earpiece in. And he's talking, he's having a conversation, and I believe he is listening to what the then you know president was saying. And so they're having a dialogue, and the producer is continuously talking in, into his ear and giving him cues. And then it's like, okay, Tom, we have uh, 30 seconds to commercial. While Brokaw is talking, and 
and he's counting down the seconds, and Brokaw fires off another question, which he knows is only going to get a quick yes or no answer, and he pulls it back away from the president and hits the commercial break right on the nose. And I still get goosebumps when I think about that that actual sequence. It is unfrickin' real how good these guys are. Yeah. You know, I, I do a lot. Every once in a while, I have one of these remote crews from one of the big networks come by the house or something to shoot for some two second thing, a bl- you know, a blurb. Yeah. And I'm I'm always grilling them about people they worked with. And at one time, I was working with the uh, ABC network crew on on they used to have a thing called Sunday Business, and I got to do a report on it. And so I was chatting with the guys, and and, and I know about this these kinds of guys who have the multitasking ability to listen to the IFB in their ear and, and, and it make it look... And, and by the way, ex- I, I can do some of that, but not like Brokaw. Well, of course not. That's why Brokaw was making millions of dollars. But they always said that the guy who was the absolute best at this stuff and was totally underrated was Forrest Sawyer. Really? Hmm. Yeah, they were. They, the guy says that apparently Forrest Sawyer is legendary amongst various crews hmm. for being so slick. He never flubs a line. He can pick up the stuff off the IFB. His timing is impeccable. He's just apparently unbe- just astonishing. He <laughs> he went off. You know, I've always wondered why he never got any. You know, he never took over the nightline job or stuff like that. I think he, I don't know what he. I know he, why. He, I know why because he's so he's he's like a, a flying goalie. I mean, you need a guy like that within your team to be able to throw into any kind of situation, particularly if he has that. And IFB is internal feedback, I think, is what uh, what it stands yeah, for. Like I mean, that. when we did Mardi Gras live at MTV, that's when I kind of became the Forrest Sawyer of MTV. Damn it, there it is. I am the Forrest Sawyer of MTV um, because I could do that too within the limits of you know the complexity of Mardi Gras on MTV. But I you know I could take the direction and I and I could pretty much keep all the shit together on a live remote where you might actually have to go over someone else and kind of anchor that. So it makes total sense to me that Forrest Sawyer would, would not have a full-time position, but you know, would be kind of the guy you can put into any, you know, throw into anything. Uh, Cause he just, and he probably just loves doing it too. Well, I don't know how much he loved it because it seems to me that he quit the network and he went off to some university to teach and give seminars. And now he does new media stuff. He's not, it's just, he's out of his element completely. I don't, I'm actually following his career so much, but I ran into him on some C-SPAN thing where he was hosting a, uh, a you know, one of these panels of, 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 of dullards that sit yeah. at the, table all in a row and each one of them says a five minute presentation and they go back and forth with a non an uninteresting conversation kind of thing well it's it's probably because he had to do a zyprexa story and he got so disgusted by everything he just quit i don't know it'd be worth check checking out i know he's floating around somewhere but anyway he was like the guy they'd bring up his name i went okay so i started watching him after that with that in mind and i just see if he could you know if there was ever going to be one mistake it was yeah, just like, not a, like a machine. Yeah. You said something very interesting, by the way, at the beginning of this little dialogue uh, about uh, IFBs and Forrest. You used the term blurb, which uh, I like very much and I think we should bring back. My mom used to say that all the time, a blurb. I don't think it's, it's, a very, used- it's, it's, it's in massive use in the magazine business. Yeah, exactly. Which, which means every, no one, one which, little, which means no one uses it because no one reads magazines or books anymore. In the so, back of the book, every one of those little quotes that says, a, "I think this book is the greatest thing ever." Says so and so Entertainment Weekly. That's a blurb. Could you please look up the definition online right now for me of blurb? I wonder if it is defined as such in Webster's blurb. And by the way, this is probably a fine time as we near the end of this uh, episode of No Agenda to. Uh, 
to talk about why we need your help um, to continue this uh, fine programming. Yes, and and, and like, uh, huh. Hmm. <laughs> Blurb is not defined. Well, that's what it's looking like. Let me try it again. Blurb search. See, we need your financial help so that we can actually look things up for you. Yeah, we can look stuff up on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> the pay us for it. Money. <laughs> we need so money. Blurb was actually a 1914 coinage by Gillette Burgess, hmm. and it means a short publicity notice, as on a book jacket. Okay, so it's but it's. Key word publicity. So it's a blurb is not news, it's PR. Uh, by definition. Yes. Well, I like it. I, I think we should bring blurb back into the mainstream, which of course is the internet. Let's use that. All right. We'll blurb it. <laughs> Excellent. And by the way, I'll it can be used it. as a noun or a transitive verb. I love so it. You, so you can blurb it. And, and what's the transitive noun? What is that? It's an it's a, it's a type of it's a it's a it's what is it not a transitive noun it's a transitive verb, verb and it's I'm a, sorry. or a noun a blurb is the is the thing and a and a, and it's just a, basically a, a it's a, a thing you a, can do you can verb blurb. it's a you can you know it's like it's like any other it's like most verbs it's interesting most of, almost all of them are transitive but it's okay it's interesting how you just said you, we can blurb it that's so close to blog it isn't it. Hmm. Blog would be a transitive verb in that sense. Right. All right. So could you please blurb a little bit about our uh, armory? Well, we uh, can use some uh, – uh, We this show is publicly supported. I want to remind everybody of that, and we're trying to keep it so keep it that way so we don't sit here and do five-minute commercials for uh, various products, uh, you know. Like Squarespace and GoDaddy and Budget and the same and old Avis. stuff you hear every place else, and yeah. it's like – which is there's nothing wrong with doing that if you don't mind. And or some audible. people have actually sent us notes saying, "Well, you know, you might as well do commercials because we're sick of you asking for money." We only ask for money for about thirty seconds, uh, as opposed to two or three minute commercials where we're asking you to do this and that and the other thing, which is pretty much the same thing. And we're just telling you to just give us some money directly so we can not worry about. You know, we might have some influences and not you know we so we can be we completely zero free. Influences. Yeah, zero. I mean, at some point, okay, maybe, you know, we won't be able to, we, we'll, we're going to prove that we won't get enough public support. We won't get enough uh, uh, donations at uh, Dvorak.org slash NA. That's Dvorak.org slash NA. You can sign up. And, and you know, but, but we, uh, we haven't done any premiums or anything like that, which some people complain about. But I think we're going to probably have to do that. In other words, give away a book or uh, something. when we yeah. so, Or he, HEMA underwear. The HEMA underwear. By the way. Dvorak.org slash NA, by the way. The HEMA underwear thing, I was thinking about the embroidery. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think it might not be a good idea. Oh? Well, you don't want a bunch of knots and and strings and threads. On rubbing the against you. Yeah. Rubbing against your private parts. I know, I was just trying to visualize if I wanted that or not. <laughs> you know, you're going to get, you're going to have a, you know, so, you'll be sore. But maybe, became, maybe on the waistband, I mean, we've got a, the waistband won't hurt you, will it? Yeah, but the waistband of the really good ones is really kind of thin. It's not like a big fat waistband, like you know, cheap jockey shorts. Okay. Well, I'm I have a prototype coming, so right. we can we, we can try the prototype. We can we can try the prototype. I'll get the you, you know you get the black jockey version, and I get the uh, you know the cool kind of surfer dude with pant pant legs, and we'll try it. We'll see if we we if we like it. I I, I don't think it's going to bother you at all. The embroidery. I take your point. 
Um, but, you know, a premium is a premium. For, I mean, let's learn from MTV, okay? I mean, Christ. Cripes. Crikey. How about just a blurb? We'll, we'll put a blurb on the Hema underwear. <laughs> a blurb. So I just crashed my... Uh, Firefox? My, Did you get yeah, update 3.5 million, which, of course, automatically downloads and kills everything you're doing and you never can figure it out until you get that dialogue box saying, hey, we downloaded this for you, sucker. Uh, I have no idea. I might have. It's quite annoying. I hate it when they do that. So it crashed? Yeah, it just said, and it said, do you want me to send a message? No, said, no don't, not don't, really. don't, don't click it. What's the point? Did we, we didn't have any uh, good donations uh, since last Thursday? Anything worth uh, mentioning? Nothing, nothing uh, major. I, I, and the ones that did come in, I'll mention them on the next uh, Thursday show. Okay. Well, thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we, we really appreciate it. All right, John, what are we at? Uh, I've got, I count 65, take off the beginning, about 61 minutes. So uh, we've been trying to keep well, this Well, let's see, there's just a couple more things I want to mention. Oh, I'm sorry. Should uh, I stop the, uh, the, 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 the credit music? Well, no, we'll mention him on the next show. Let me just let me tease him then. Okay, I'm going to talk about this, some PBS programming, including Kids Biz or Biz Kids or whatever it's oh, called. Oh, nice, they, yes. Where yeah. they show a Jewish guy in a money safe counting money. Uh, <laughs> extremely <laughs> offensive. I, I will discuss. This That's next. extremely offensive. <laughs> it's extremely offensive, and it's on PBS of all things. Unbelievable. Oh yeah. And also, they're now if you uh, wash your car in Port Angeles on the street, you can be fined a thousand dollars. Because the federal government will not let you wash your car anymore if it's going to go into the sewer. And that is in the uh, the state of Cascadia. Yes, but this is, and they always say, no, 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 this is a government edict. The government wants the water rights. They want to make it clear you can't <sighs> Well, they the own water. the water, remember? we They passed the bill. The government owns all the water. It's their water. It's not your water to expend however you wish. It's their water. So we'll talk about that next time. And next time, uh, we'll come uh, very soon. Until then, coming to you from uh, the crappiest bandwidth corporate apartment in San Francisco, Gitmo Nation West, my name is Adam Curry. And sitting on fiber up here in the Pacific Northwest, Gitmo Nation Pacific Northwest, as it were, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday, right here on No Agenda.